Did you want to do? Wait, it's been a while. We could come up with something else. <laughs> we could do literally whatever we, we want. Could, we could do this, maybe. Maybe this is the. <laughs> this is this is how we do it. <laughs> this uh, is how. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, hey, sure. Aaron, I'm gonna. I, I, I'm daring you. Hey, like, Pete. Da- thank you. I'm gonna receive the dare. Do you remember Darren the Dare Lion? Dare. Uh, yeah. I just found out the other day that the are uh, we do, are we in the middle of the episode? Did the episode sure start? Are. Yeah, we're sure. starting. Okay. Um, okay. I just found out the other day that the uh, did I ever tell you that um, Daryl Gates was one of the key people who invented Dare, the guy who the L.A. police chief during Rodney King beatings and the L.A. riots. That makes sense. That guy's a douche. <laughs> Guy's the I, worst. Yeah, that guy sucks. Anyways, Aaron, I, I dared you. You Daryl Gates me? I Daryl Gates. Well, that would be her. Yeah, so really quick. Hold on. We'll do the premise of the show. My name's Aaron Armstrong. That's Pete Brand. Normally, we host a show called We Love to Watch. We still host it. Um, sometimes, rarely, although maybe more often now that we have a lot more time to record, and it's kind of a fun show, we do kind of a sidecast called Don't You Dare, where we dare the person to experience a piece of media the person, our co-host, our friend, the other one, a piece of media that they have never experienced before. It can be a movie, although we try to not do movies because we cover enough movies on We Love to Watch, a TV show, uh, music, an album, or comic book, book, whatever else. We've This is only our seventh episode. We've been sure, pretty... Me- yeah, it's uh, we've been pretty music heavy, and that'll continue because that's... Music, video games, those are things that we don't get as much chance to talk about on our our week-to-week show. Uh, last week, I dared Peter to listen to Third Eye Blind's uh, self-titled debut, which was a important album for me when I was in, uh, I don't know, 6th, 7th grade, whatever it was. Um, and Peter returned the dare with an album by an artist I'd never heard of. Uh, still haven't. Didn't get a chance to listen to it in the last year. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Damien, how do you say his last name? Geruda? Uh, Damien Gerardo and Gerardo. Richard Swift. It's a uh, it's a combo album with two singer songwriters, musicians, uh, and it's all them covering uh, other people's songs. And it's appropriately called others pe- other people's songs. And volume it's, uh, one, volume one, which is although as far as I can't, I can't, I couldn't find a volume two. Um, you will never see a volume two because Richard Swift passed away about a year or two ago. Oh, well, that bums me out a little. Very young. Um, Richard- it's funny because I actually, I, I found a blog where Richard Swift, uh, Richard Swift described well, uh, why they decided to do each of these covers or just his memory from yes. doing them in order. You probably have seen that. Uh, yeah, that's what I have. I've, I've pulled up in front of me the Aquarium Drunkard article. Yeah, it's, yes, it's a great so- little interview. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, I had no idea. I don't, again, I did not know who either of these people were. Um, I, uh, but tell me before we get into, we'll, we'll go track by track a little, although, uh, and I'll give my overall thoughts on this. This is definitely, my guess is this was not meant to be a, there's three categories on the show, right? Mm -hmm. We're either introducing them to a piece of media to be like, hey, I, this is an important, uh, piece of media to me now or has has been and i want you to experience it because i think you will enjoy it and this is a good way to force recommendations uh to someone that we spend a lot of time together talking about uh media uh to kind of a nostalgia pick where it is like hey i like i i need to talk about this i'm not saying it's good but it's definitely like part of part of my equation Mm. and three kind of just a fuck you like uh (laughs) 
Uh, I don't like this, but I'm going to make you watch it because I think it'll be funny to talk about for whatever reason. Um, and Black I have Arn to is guess- kind of both a fuck you and a legitimate recommendation, right? Because it's like, it's like this is the best thing I've ever played. Also, fuck you. This is going to ruin your life for two months. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, and I do, so I'll say though, my guess is this is a number one. It'd be pretty weird if you hated this and were like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make Aaron listen to some, uh, a, a chamber acoustic covers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> some lovely arrangements. Um, but yeah, so I assume it's important to you. I am like, you know, music is so expansive, and especially like this doesn't this album, for example, doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry. So I had to do a little bit of research outside of it. Uh, you know, it's it's very easy to there's so much music out there to not know stuff. Even though Peter and I generally probably cross paths on like 70 percent of our music. So I am curious um, why this album was not just picked for a like you wanted me to listen to it. Uh, but also what it means to you in general, uh, because this is the type of album. Well, I'll, I'll give my thesis statement afterwards. Let, let's hear from you. Yeah. So uh, I'm a huge fan of both the singer songwriters featured. Uh, Damien Drado is a very much a sincere sort of singer songwriter. He writes a lot of like sad, beautiful songs. His most his most like famous sort of appearance, I would say, is uh, his music was featured on uh, Wild Wild Country. Um and he okay i saw the first episode of that yeah so you would have heard more if you had listened more um and he's sort of (laughs) this the kind of uh his uh his thing is very much like uh country infused a little bit of jeff buckley kind of like country infused sad singer songwriter stuff but very pretty um and sometimes he uses sort of odd textures sometimes he uses more electronic textures or like motown textures and somebody who really uses uh strange sort of distorted textures and motown textures is richard swift who is like one of my favorite artists uh who's appeared since like you know 2005 whatever 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 you want to consider the cutoff uh for new stuff um and he's sort of like a uh, an every an every man for music. He's like played with the Shins, and he's toured with a bunch of other big bands like Wilco. But he also wrote um, his own sort of like home EPs, and they all have this sort of improvised. Uh, uh, improvised Phil Spector quality where it's it's very noisy but has a sort of crispness in the vocals that cuts through that has a that reminds me very much of like Motown and its best um, and he sings in a lot of his songs in his sort of like goofy falsetto voice some of his songs are fucking hilarious like there's a song called The Bully that's very funny and some of the songs are very sweet. Um, and uh, this album is kind of combining all of those elements, the like sad boy singer songwriter stuff with like a, a more of like a goofy sense of play and this really textured sense of you're listening to a recording in someone's home. And they literally for certain parts of the album, they would have the tape recorder in like a living room in the middle. And then Richard Swift would be playing drums in the fucking stairwell uh, two rooms over because that destroyed sound of the drums coming through the wall excited him and then Damien Drado would be singing in the kitchen to get a sort of echoey effect going towards the mic and they would just play and play until they could get the sort of very limited four track cassette recorder to nail the sound they wanted Um, and that's why I love the album the texture of it and the fact that it's these two sort of uh, wonderful uh, singer songwriters coming together and their sounds and their sort of styles meshing 
I, I will say, as I was listening to this, I liked it. I'll talk about that in more detail later. But I, I was very curious about what your recommendation entails. Because so far when we have recommended music, which I think there's been three, three of the, the, the six episodes that have come out now, seven of four, have been albums. Soon to be uh, more. One, one more. Um, spoilers for next week. Or next year, whenever the fuck these things come out. <laughs> uh, that we have shared albums that meant a lot to us as kids that we look back with some level of, yeah, I still kind of find this catchy or I remember how much this meant to me. And there's still some songs that are kind of like, okay, but like, you know, a little bit of embarrassment. We did Smash Mouth. We did Real Big Fish and Third Eye Blind. Um those are not bands that I think you'd like would throw on at a party and not get asked at least a question or two. Like, hey man, walking on the sun's playing. Yeah. It's pretty funny, right? Like <laughs> that's a joke, right? Like if someone was like, No, like this is my jam, you'd be like, Oh, this guy sucks. <laughs> you'd be like, Yeah, I love to be walking on the sun as well, man. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, if you just heard, like, th- these are songs that have now graduated into, like, camp for music. Like, if someone is listening to Semi-Charred Life, which I think is a really good pop song, I do enjoy it. I enjoy it in uh, Neil C.C. Erga's end of his uh, second album. Um, like, I I do enjoy the song, but I'm not, like, yeah, no, this is, like, what a great insight into being a meth needler or whatever the fuck is going <laughs> on. Like, you know, I don't have a personal connection to it. I just think it's kind of funny and bouncy. Um, and uh, so we've – but we've – but I think all these albums meant a lot to us at a certain point. And then – so I'm listening to something like this or, or start listening to it. And I kind of assume that, you know, maybe this is an album for you, Peter, that, like, you know, five, six years ago uh, – seven eight whenever it came out like maybe you just met molly or we're going through a breakup or a change like you know it it feels like okay we're gonna listen to some um i don't want to say like slower acoustic stuff but mellower music that is uh isn't something that everyone knows and is now listening to a full album or something so it's kind of like wondering where you were where where the dare came from or and now it feels like it's just like hey this is really cool I really love this. I love both these artists. I know you don't know either of these artists. I really am just, this is my way to say, hey, you should start checking this out. Yeah. Is that accurate? uh, Yeah. So there's a couple things going on here. One, I want to make sure that we're mixing in with the sort of like, "Eh, this is probably trash, but it'll be fun to talk about. I want to mix in sincerity because we don't make a bad movie podcast on the other side. And I don't think this is necessarily like a bad music podcast or something right like the the, the sincere appreciation and the sort of historical um like this is where i was when i first heard this record that sort of um personal touch to it and the the fact that i'm daring you um was really important to me but i wanted to do something that i'm very sincere about and like it's something that touched something more sensitive in me than just like um than what I did last time with with uh, with ska music with uh, Real Big Fish and Turn the Radio Off, where I was just like, this is a funny album that like I was obsessed with when I was in like parts of junior <laughs> high, and then it yeah. kind of disappeared. And now when I still pop in, like the nostalgia tr- 
you know, the, the rockets still fire, but like it's not having the same effect. Um, yeah. This and is, I guess like I and I, I the same reason I did Pete's Dragon. Like this is an emotional movie for me, but it also is like it's it's Pete's Dragon. It's a remake of a terrible seventies Disney movie, and I wasn't getting you to watch it, and I thought it would be affecting to you. So that's that's why I pushed for that at one point on this show. Yeah, and I thought that this album um, it was an album that kind of hit me at two different points in my life where um, my depression got really bad. It just felt very like listless and like getting the motivation to get out of bed was like really tough. And this album hit me at two different points. And one was uh, just when I was living in Chicago and I had like a seasonal affective disorder like bout that matched up with sort of a listlessness in my job. And like, I don't know, I just was I just felt really lonely and shitty. And then this album came along that weirdly it doesn't have a party vibe to it. But like the fact that I was already so attached to these these um musicians um and and that the idea of them i me being able to like hear a space and step into that space with them was very comforting um and then later when i moved from chicago to san diego i was like i was very lonely for a period of time because when you move somewhere new you don't have friends yeah my wife and i and like um there was there were lots there was lots of like just alone time and but at both times both those times I, this album gave me a lot of comfort and what i what i like about it is it's not like it didn't give me comfort the way like new order or the cure gave me comfort in high school it gave me a different sort of comfort whereas like a couple songs are about sadness and depression and pushing through stuff, but a lot, but a lot of the, a couple of the songs are just goofy. Like them covering "Radioactivity" by Kraftwerk is like yeah, kind of makes me laugh. Um, like it's a it's like a goofy, fun little cover. It's the the texture is entirely different than one Kraftwerk would have done, and like them just being like, "Fuck it, we love this song." That's why we're playing it. We of all songs of all time, this is one that we thought would be fun to play in our kitchen. So, um, yeah, it, it has a personal effect at two different points in my life. But also, I wanted to get you uh, in the door for Richard Swift and Damien Gerardo. I think Richard Swift would maybe be more of your thing because he makes more like fun poppy stuff. Uh, but Damien Gerardo makes amazing records, um, ama- amazing like soulful, beautiful singer songwriter records. Yeah, so I really like this album, and it was, like, this is a tough, I get it, like, this is the worst kind of band or artist or album to try to recommend to someone, right? Because it, from my perspective, it's not very grabby, right? Like, it's something oh, yeah, you kind of... Yeah, yeah. Which is the word, like, I think the two hardest things to recommend to someone is good music that you can't, like, point to a song or something that, like, okay, I just need you to listen to this, and then this encapsulates everything that's great about them, and then I would recommend this album afterwards. It's kind of like, like, (laughs) if I wanted to get someone, like, into uh, Neutral Milk Hotel or something, like... I could say, hey, just listen to the King of Carrot Flowers, like, you know, parts one through three. And if you like are like, oh, this is amazing, go and go listen to their other albums. Or if I wanted yeah, to like recommend you, the And that the song picks. would be like, you could understand his warbly voice. Yeah. And, and how he does loud and fast and soft and sweet and yeah. these like storytelling lyrics and like it's everything. And like, uh, you know, um, Hey, for Pixies, like, listen to Where Is My Mind or Debaser, and it's going to sound like nothing that you really ever heard before if for some reason you haven't heard Where Is My Mind at this point in your life. But, like, you're going to kind of get it's like these inhuman yelps and, like, 
you know, if you like that, go listen to those full albums. Or, you know, you can do this with almost any any band. Where it gets tricky, I think, and I've always felt like this, is when you're um, recommending more acoustic or mellow or chamber type stuff. Like, that's where it gets, like, I think difficult to recommend because you're not like um, – What's the space for that for that music? Like where does, where does that music catch you? Well, usually those artists that have caught you in that way have identif- have got you at a point where you kind of needed to hear what the singer was singing about. That's not always true. There's obviously just oh I I, I play you know my brother almost uh, who plays guitar writes music um, uh, who plays like mostly acoustic singer songwriter stuff. Um, all he listens to is acoustic guitar stuff. He knows stuff I've never heard of. And, like, that's his thing because he writes that music. So, that's what he, like, connects with constantly. But I would say for me, um, it's usually, like, oh, this, like, um, Bonnie Vare is probably a, a, a touch point more people can get. Like, when I first heard for Emma long ago, like, yeah, of course, Skinny Love's a very pretty song. But the whole album hit me in a way because, like, I was just about to move from Oshkosh to Wisconsin and, like, that kind of wistful melancholy and, like... That's actually know, very specific because you recorded that album in a, in a cabin in Wisconsin. Yeah, I know. Well, that's not that's not specifically why. Yeah, did, I, I did just he? Mean, by the like, way, I've never heard that before. Strike. Uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, but an example of like where I probably would have liked the song no matter what. But it hit me at that time that I listened to the album over and over and over, and then I was like hungry for whatever came next from him. And that's I have other bands like that, but that's probably one that most people listening to this would have heard of. So, but on the same note, if I like said to someone just hey. When you're driving to work tomorrow, throw on Flume. <laughs> See, just pop it on. Yeah, just pop it on. They may they. I don't think that's that's a hard thing to make a connection on someone else's terms, which is what a recommendation is. Yeah, and the singer songwriter stuff it hits me really hard, but it's usually like I'm laying around the house on a Saturday afternoon and I put on Phosphorescent or Grizzly yeah. Bear or you know yeah, th- that, great examples th- these sort of mid two thousands indie rock folksy kind of stuff. Uh, I put on that sort of stuff or like do you listen to um, like Atlas? Yeah. Like Atlas is a great example, I think, too. That it's like it's super mellow. It's yeah, you're right. It's great. I'm gonna get some work done. I'm gonna like kind of wake up into my day um, type stuff. But yeah, the type of thing that like there's not that much variance between songs. There is as you listen more and more, and the lyrics are really good. But it's not it, like I, I do think the two hardest things to recommend are that type of music and. Uh, television shows because most television shows are based on getting to know the characters and so almost that's why almost every pilot and then the first few episodes of television shows usually don't represent what comes later because <laughs> you get so it's so yeah. hard because you you like there's almost always caveats like yeah the first episode of the Americans is like almost like a twenty four like there's like this big there's this big swinging fist fight sequence and you're that is never seen in the show again. Yeah, and there's some that's like, hey, just a few – you got to wait a few episodes and it finds its footing, but it's re- relatively enjoyable. There's like that type of TV show. And then there's like, uh, you know, the stuff that you can basically never recommend, like uh, shows I love, like Babylon 5 or 
Buffy or Angel where it's like, hey, the whole first season is just a complete waste of time, but you kind of got to watch it to know what's going on. So just commit like 13 to 24 hours into this and then it gets really good. Um, and so I, those are, I think, the hardest things to recommend. Um, so having said that, I, I listened to this album twice. After that, I went and listened to a few. So for some reason, because I think you told me Damien Gerardo likes Richard Swift, Swift, I guess I thought maybe this was like a uh, – because I didn't know who Richard Swift was. Uh, I thought this was maybe uh, – what's that terrible uh, white rapper, dude? Remember how it's like Macklemore Mac- and Ryan Lewis, but like they're ba- – like you could just say Macklemore because Ryan Lewis is always uh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought like Damien Gerardo and Richard Swift was like – yeah, if I'm looking for more albums, I just gotta look Gerardo. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't need to look for Swift. They're not. That's just that's just the name of this guy's thing. And that's what's uh, rare so, is that like it's not like one is particularly bringing up the other. They both were kind of on the rise when this album came out. Yeah, so I did listen to this album twice, but then I also went and listened to a few of the top uh, Damien Gerardo songs just that's on Spotify, like the ones that I've listened to the most. Um, and then I, I also it kicked into his island uh, Visions of Us on the Land, and I listened to a couple songs of that. So I, I beyond just the covers featured here, which I think two of the songs I, I knew uh, well. Uh, maybe if I'd heard the originals, but I mean, even though they're covers, like besides the Kraftwerk and the um, uh, uh, John Denver song, I don't think I really knew the rest of them. I'm not um, super, and I wasn't super familiar with the other versions. And even to this day, like I've I've heard um, like the 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 original version of the Yes song, um, and I've obviously heard the John Denver song. Um, and but like a lot of the the songs on the album, this is the first time I've heard them. Um, so I, 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 their, their, uh, their song picking ability is pretty fun as well because, uh, yeah, well, they they have a song from a musical too and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like one of the, one of the songs is like the original is not on Spotify, like relatively clean rivers is, is, is like, I had to listen to it on YouTube, I think. Yeah. So, um, it wasn't, but, but like you said, it allowed for a different style. So it started out like really like, oh, this is like, I picked. I listened to it while I was working and working on reports and stuff like that. So at first it like felt like, oh, this is the perfect music for that. Like I'm enjoying it. And then like it was around sweetness the first time that it really kind of started to um, to grab me more where I kind of like would st- stop focusing on work and like just pause and listen to the song more for like... So I walked away. I don't know. This feels like less the album that we need to go track by track on, but I'm willing to do that. But I think I feel like my thoughts right now are really are really simple. Besides, like uh, my three favorite songs were the Kraftwerk song, <laughs> uh, <laughs> "Sweetness" and "Crazy Like a Fox." Um, 
Which is fun, because those aren't my favorite three. My favorite three are different ones, but I love those songs also. Um, and that's, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that we have three different ones. I know everyone's going to hear what those are, because that's like classic, I, how many, I've listened to the album twice and you've listened to it 50 times thing. Like, y- your favorites change as like the, a lot of times the, the more um, less grabby songs become popular because you absorb into them a little. But anyways. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's do it. So uh, I'll say my number three favorite on the album is Radioactivity. Activity is a great little cover because, like I was saying earlier, the the sort of texture of it is entirely different than what um, that sort of clean, crisp craftwork texture. And the fact that it was recorded on a tape tape recorder as opposed to like craftwork, where like you want to hear the most recently remastered, crispest version of craftwork. You want craft. You want bleeps. You want bloops. <laughs> You don't want uh, strum and bangs. Yes, yes. Or do you, (laughs) I love the Kraftwerk cover because it adds a sense of warmth to Kraftwerk, and it makes me feel different things than the original song does, even though they don't change any of the lyrics, right? But it's it's also not doing the thing that... um, a lot of bad, the most famous type of bad cover now does, which is take a zippy boppy song that's about something dark um, <laughs> and then make it heavier. It's, I don't think it's... Or any- like, yeah, I mean, fucking, what was his name? Ryan Adams released a whole album that's like, hey, you know how like fun and poppy uh, Taylor Swift's whatever 1989 album is? What if I do uh, unlistenable, sad, acoustic, slow version? <laughs> 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 it's like he was vying for the whoever picks uh, trailer music, right? Like, that's the only crowd he was shooting for with that album. Well, you know, but if he would have been like, I'm going to make them bar songs, like like Rescue Blues type yeah. Ryan Adams, it would have been like, I, I could have listened to that. It would have been masturbatory still, but like, fun. Instead, like, it, it's, it is like... Fell's gonna shake shit. It's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This is just you slowing. Like, anyone could do this. Yeah. Who the fuck is this for? But yeah, the radioactivity cover, I really like because it's still, it's just as warm as the original, but the Mm -hmm. texture adds an extra sort of folksy creepiness to it that I like. Yeah, it was fun hearing the story, too, of, like, because they were, I think you mentioned this, they recorded this for two days, like, in a room. The songs in the album were recorded in the order that they're on the album and he like uh 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 Damien Gerardo doesn't speak German <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. and and still like did his best to sing the last verse in German and he does a pretty good job I wouldn't have known now I mean I'm not I'm not a connoisseur of the English language let alone foreign ang- uh, language as I screw up speaking. <laughs> uh my brain picked the has perfect comic timing um but yeah it's pretty good and yeah it is it, it's it's super it's super fun yeah, yeah, it it absolutely is. And to, to transition to my number three, while we're talking about the Damien Gerardo singing uh, something that he's not usually accustomed to, uh, my number three is "If the Sun Stops Shining." If the rain stops falling, there'll be no clouds to. If the sun should fall on us again. 
song that uh, could very easily, if it wasn't so goofy, could very easily be plopped into like a post-apocalypse uh, yeah. kind of movie. Very similar to the Walker Brothers, um, Sun Ain't Gonna Shine Anymore. Um, and that's too that's from the, that that's, that's the musical one, right? Uh, it's a Chubby Checker song. I forgot. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, it's, uh, is Sincere Replies? Is that the one from the musical? Sincere Replies is from O Calcutta, original Broadway cast. Yeah. Um, um, yep. Both of the, like, it was at, well, not spoilers for what I'm going to talk about later. It was at Sweetness that it was like, okay. Like, and then Sincere Replies and If the Sun Don't Shine, uh, Stop Shining was, yeah. Really yeah. Good. And, and so uh, Richard Swift is like very, very cutely in like the this interview makes fun of Damien Gerardo because he's like a sad artist types uh, aren't accustomed <laughs> to singing, singing stuff like horsies. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's like, good. I just like I just like him gently ripping Damien Gerardo because Damien Gerardo was like laughing when he was recording the song because he's not used to like he's used to making things sound solemn and cool. Uh, he's not used to making things sound goofy, and that's why I kind of like the song because you could you could read it as like a you know a, a sort of apocalyptic, uh, you know, my love is gone kind of song, but it's also very goofy um, and, and very like sincere and and positive. It's it's like a it's not apocalyptic because ultimately no. the song is about pushing through the sadness uh, pretty much the whole way through. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's good. My number two is. Sweet, uh, sweetness. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's when the album starts to bounce up a little bit. Um, and it, you know, again, I, oh, if I listen to this album another 10 times, which I probably, spoiler, I'm going to say that I really liked it and probably will continue to listen to it and then poke around, start, start doing the thing where I'm adding some of these songs and other ones to just daily playlists. So they become more familiar as I'm doing chores and other things. Um, I don't have a commute to work right now, but (laughs) one of the, one of the ways I usually listen to music, um, but yeah, I, I think that that was the song, again, just describing my, you know, kind of initial couple listens where I – it's not that I disliked the first two, but it started to feel like, oh, this isn't just going to be, uh, you know, eight-track or four-track vocal strumming on. Like, it's not going to sound like the slower Guided by Voices song from Vampire on Titus. Uh, and I like those songs. So, again, not a criticism. It was on Sweetness that it started to get a little bouncier. I, I think they used a lot more, like, odd instrumentations and soundscapes. And I was a little like, okay, wait a sec. Yeah. This and, is and, not what I expected from the first two songs. Yeah, and Yes is a particular uh, band that has a lot of um – uh, instrumental instrumental complexity. Yeah. So I think that's why it sounds. It's a yes song. Yeah. Is because they're kind of they're kind of having to fake yes, which has a, a big a really big sound even on really quiet songs. Um, and the original song is supposed to be this sort of gentle twinkly song, but since it's a yes song, they're like, well, this is gonna have like nine layers, and they had to replicate that shit somehow on a four track cassette recorder, um, but without making it all just sound like like shitty noise. So it's a it's a it's also like a gorgeous cover because um, they. Um, 
they take the sort of like fragile gentleness of the original song and, and somehow make it even more gentle and fragile because uh, Richard Swift has this like uh, falsetto approach. Yeah. Uh, yep. To a lot of his songs, not all the songs, but a lot of them have this sort of falsetto approach, and it sounds like his voice is like a piece of glass that'll break at any minute. It's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's why I dig that song. Yeah, it's good. What is your number two? So you said the first two songs on the album were not as as much your vibe, but I'm actually so they were. I liked them more the second. So it, again, you, it's dipping your toe in the water before be the difference between being all the way under. Yeah. Well, actually, let's. I'm gonna steal that that right now. Uh, Hello, sunshine is my number two. very specific memory um of being in wisconsin of you of you looking right at the sun like donald trump and waving at (laughs) well the sun it gives me uh hello son did you hear about my electoral victory (laughs) you're not so great son watch me pinch you son you're doing a good job i'm doing a great job (laughs) great hello i just had a great call with the sun Greg, perfect call with the son. The son's like, he was great. He was great. Everything was great. He said, you're doing a great job. You know, you tell the story. Uh, the son the son was actually talking to the moon. And, and the son was like, hey, uh, they didn't used to have a good president, but now I see a good one. I'm like, well, I, I take the compliment. Obviously, I uh, didn't think that way. And also, I think uh, the Central Park Five should be executed. <laughs> His, eyes are, just, his eyes are just completely white, like the lady from uh, from the Beyond. <laughs> just yeah. completely white eyes, and just with two trickles of blood coming out of the corners. Uh, yeah, the only thing if that happened, a bunch of Trumpies would be like that. Like all of a sudden, there'd be like forty percent of the country would have blood running down their eyes. Like we looked in the sun. It's fine. I can still see. That's the thing. They wouldn't. They would still act like they could see. They'd be blind and walking into things, refusing to admit they couldn't see. And then they'd be driving into intersections blind. Like you're telling me that I can't practice my. 13th, this is freedom. My Thirteenth Amendment to drive. Yeah. This is this is freedom. Um. Anyways. Yeah. Hello, sunshine. Uh. So this song is this very specific, gentle sort of memory for me. Um. And that's uh. It reminds me very much of um going up to Wisconsin with my family and like going into the lake and some. And I, I have a very spe- very specific memories of like um getting getting the kayak in the water um around like sunset and putting a couple beers in the well and like making a lap and then cracking a beer and making a lap and cracking a beer. And like, that's sort of like, um, I don't, in nowhere in a hurry, uh, yeah. in no particular hurry, I should say, uh, that sort of feel, um, yeah. really, really grounds that song for me. It, it, it reminds me of like peaceful times. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. Uh, my number one is actually the album closer, which is crazy. Like a fuck. Crazy, call me lazy, don't like to work all day long. Well, I'm crazy, like a fox. Oh, 
generalizing, but like this type of album, you expect the like a slow outro, and I think the last song is uh, the funnest. I could see it like losing ground to other songs after I get a little deeper into it, but yeah, this is such a fun, happy, bouncy way to end a end an album. It's a it's a goofy song, and uh, yeah, Richard Swift was saying it, it like much like. Um, much like uh, that, the song that you mentioned, Peter, um, it is a little bit out of their wheelhouse, but they had a lot of fun doing it. They recorded all the songs in order. Yep. Over the course of like a weekend or something. And so this is like the song that like having all this crazy energy at the end, especially after Radioactivity, which is them trying to nail the sort of precision and calculation of craft work, um, mm-hmm. but with like a fuzzy texture. Um, this is like them just being like, hey. We recorded enough songs. Let's let's fucking have a party. And yeah, then, let's end it with, end it with a bang. And yeah, and then it's it's a song where they're kind of they're kind of screaming and yelling. Um, I just noticed the original artist is someone named Link Cromwell and the Zoo. Yeah. Do you think the original song was sung by an actual fox? Uh, yeah. Fun fact: uh, the fox had a follow up hit uh, with uh, "What Does the Fox Say." It's like, give me my royalties from the first song. Remember, <laughs> we were all just wondering what the fox said. Uh, yeah, and it, one of those songs I got to ignore when it came out and then circled around once I had kids. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Um, my number one is uh, the first track, uh, <sighs> Be Not So Fearful. Be Not So so free. Someone watches you, you will not fail. It's a really beautiful song. Uh, it's the sort of song I put on when I need to get in the mood to write. Or the song where I need to like uh, get in the mood to sort of um, sit and be contemplative. Um, it's it's that kind of song, um, and uh, it's an interesting thing because I read the original, the original lyrics. Uh, this this uh, by Bill Fay, and I think it's I think it's pretty much just a straight up um, like divorce song um, from what I could tell. Um, it's just about you know you'll pick yourself back up again. But uh, I when I was listening to it, I was like I don't think it's about I don't I don't think it's about divorce. I feel like it's like a do not go gently into that good night kind of thing. I think I feel like it's about death. There's this line where he says um, where he, he says basically like uh, you'll you'll wake up and you're fine. Your you, your legs work again. You can run and, and all that. Like it, it, there's a I know he the, the original songwriter was using a metaphor, but like reading it in a sort of literal sense that it's about like. Uh, death and an afterlife um, was was really uh, even as an atheist it was like a really beautiful sentiment to me um, and it made me in, in like tough times like this sort of idea that like we can we can die and be reborn um, we can let go of the shit that we've we've been carrying for no fucking reason um, and, and sort of move on from it uh, so in that sense I was taking you know a literal metaphor and then turning it into a metaphorical metaphor to make it more usable for me <laughs> but um but yeah, you, you, you get the point. Um, I read those sort of like uh, ominous funera- funereal lyrics in this in a more literal sense. And it gave it more of an import and more of a power. Uh, and in that sense, I feel like it's like 
it's 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 true poetry uh yeah i was a little so i i'll be honest i was annoyed at the song because uh, i feel like it copied the church hymn that we all know be not afraid a little bit too much you know that one from yeah, church I, I i've been to church be not afraid i'll tell you i'll tell you something I'll tell you i something. go before i've been to church in so long but i know all that the, these two artists, Damien Dorado and Richard Swift, both pull. You don't have to say it's an interesting like connection old... when I'm just making a dumb joke. Like, no, I'm with um, you though. There's, a, but there's a sort. Should of we like, do a "Don't You Dare" about church hymns we remember? How bad all of them were. Those were written so that people who couldn't sing could get up there and go, "Be not." <laughs> that's that's how church hymns work. They're like you keep you keep the, all the notes between these two bars, and you're okay. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, the the point I'm making is that these guys were too insp- were inspired by like uh, gospel singers and hymns and like guys like Johnny Cash that were very clearly inspired by gospel singers and hymns. So like a sort of slow, methodical, like so, sort of a, a meditative song. Um, it makes total sense. It would remind you of like church music because like a lot of music, a lot of music of the eras they're looking at does copy church music uh yeah but just i would say these guys have a little more funk (laughs) they Um, do have a little more funk. we have to move on in that we're recording other podcasts tonight but peter great rack i really liked it um i'm gonna now that i know that richard swift is not always part of of damien gerardo like macklemore and ryan lewis i'm going to listen to both and get a, get a sense. It's interesting that you said, I really like the, the Damien stuff I listened to. Um, so I definitely need to check out the Ryan Swift. And yeah, I have more than enough time lately to kind of sit and listen to music while I'm working uh, because no one comes into my office to talk to me because my office is my dining room. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, this was great. Great rack. Um, I, I, I forget if we do ratings at the end of this, but I liked it. I will listen to it again. And not only that, we'll branch out into these artists even more. Fantastic. Mission accomplished. Uh, but not in a Mission accomplished. way. So, uh, I really appreciate you daring me something that was heartfelt. Just want to introduce good music to me. That's great. Uh, not, not leaning on like kind of goofy stuff. Cause yeah, it's not what the podcast is. Podcast is bigger than just, um, than just, you know, having some fun, goofy on, like, campy, bad music. Anyways, uh, my dare to you is I'm going to make a playlist of all the techno music I listened to, the, to in the 90s. <laughs> Not all of it. All of it. I had I had a, a separate CD pouch just for techno albums. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it uh, mm-hmm. when we record. Still processing. Got it. But I'm, I'm going to put, like, 15, 16 songs that are representative of the techno I listen to. Um, and on a, on a Spotify playlist, which we'll link to when that sh- episode comes out in the notes. Um, and you need to listen to all that. <laughs> Yeah. Th- thank thanks. Great. We'll see uh we'll see you what next week, next year, next decade, whatever the release schedule for yeah. these are could be called irregular. Uh yeah. And uh yeah, but next time that's what you're gonna hear. Good night. Good night.
the end. Hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, it wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand. And you want to support the show we truly absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on itunes i know every podcast says it and it's because it really does help and so every podcast wants that help so please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically they hopefully want to tune in and listen and thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years uh we really do appreciate you uh with kisses and smooches peter and aaron (laughs) 